my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. As you know, I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited today to be joined by Whitney Herdlicka. Hi, Whitney. How are you? Hi, Brian. Good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so great to have you. Whitney and I have known each other for a long time. Whitney was um, a, a 2002 graduate of our program, so she actually preceded me and and Dr. Uh, Dr. Rue Jerusha, my wife, um, in in the in the program. So we did not get to have her as a student, but she has been a longtime member of our our advisory council. She started in 2007 on our advisory council, and she is currently the, the director of marketing communications for Hope Family Wines. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna eventually Whitney get to that current position that that I know you've you've been at for for a while now, uh, yeah. but I, but I want to go back in time and and let our our listeners um, get a little bit of a perspective on, on what you were like growing up and your story. Um, so tell us where where'd you grow up, Whitney? Uh, so I have kind of like a an all over the place story of when I where I grew up. I started off in the San Joaquin Valley, right. um, and I moved from there when I was twelve to Sydney, Australia. So I had, I had very different, uh, two very different, I guess, places that I grew up. But I'm, I would say I'm from the Valley. I wouldn't say I'm from Australia, obviously, because right. I'm right. American. So right, yeah. Right, right, right. How long were you in Sydney? Um, I was there for five years. So mm-hmm. I went from seventh to 11th grade there. Oh, wow. That is, that is really wild. That must have been quite an experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? At first, yeah. Yeah, it was hard to come back. You know, I I came back for my senior year. That was hard. I bet. I bet. What what took you there? Was that was a family, um, a parent's job or what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the San Joaquin Valley, my dad worked for a large agriculture company and he focused. um, They grew a lot of different things, but mainly cotton. And so he was transferred over there um, to uh, open the largest cotton gin in the world at the time. Oh, wow. I don't know if it still is, but it was like a big project that he was working on. Right. So we transferred over there and um, yeah, we got to go with, well, with him. That is, you know, that is, <laughs> that is really wild because I actually had a graduate student um, who had a very similar experience. Um, really? Uh, yeah. Well, um, he was uh, in our graduate program and he ended up having this opportunity, and and this is when I first learned that um, in the Central Valley they call almonds 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 almonds. Yeah, <laughs> yes. he's like okay. So he was a farmer, a farmer's well, kid too. Well, same thing, yeah. And he was like, well, I've got a chance to um, to plant and operate the world's largest almond farm in uh, Australia. There, they've got water rights that they're and they're going to yeah. plant almonds. And I'm like what? He was like, yeah, in the outback. And I'm like, oh, wow, wild. Uh, yeah. so, wow. What? I mean, I can't believe that there would be two people that different crops, same, co- cool. same country and in yeah. our program, former, former students. That's wild. That is wild. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Did he, have to, did he have to move back to the outback? Because I lived in Sydney and all the farms were, were, you know, five, six hours away, but I didn't have to move there. I moved to the city. So oh, right. You know, 
the funny thing is I never heard from him after that. Okay. <laughs> so All right. No, well, I have no idea. He's probably still there. <laughs> probably, probably. It's probably that the Ammons are now uh, probably maturing right about now. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's probably making a lot of money right now. <laughs> probably. Right. Uh, but uh, that is really wild. So tell us, um, tell us a little bit about your experience going to high school in Sydney. Wow. That must've been yeah, so- really just fabulous. Yeah. So, um, well, where I grew up in Corcoran in the San Joaquin Valley, it was a really small, I think at the time there was like 6,000 people. It was a very small community. Everybody that lived there worked for the farms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I moved to Sydney, it was like, oh my God, you know, my parents sent me into all girls Catholic school. I was going to a public school in the Valley. Like oh. it was just like this huge whirlwind. I didn't really, you know, back then you didn't really you weren't, we weren't very worldly. Like I didn't really know where Australia was when I was 12. And (laughs) I was like, do we have, are they going to think I have an accent, you know? And so (laughs) went over there totally like blind to it all. And then just, you know, went to school and lived and got involved in everything they had to offer. You know, I played netball instead of basketball. I was a nipper, (laughs) which is like their junior lifeguards. Um, Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. So. Now, now, so, so your, your dad was in, was in farming, um, mm-hmm. operations. What, what about your mom? what did your mom do? So she was always a substitute teacher. So she was really, really involved um, in Corcoran. She, she was really involved in the community. So when we went to right. Australia, she kind of took a backseat because, you know, her kids are now getting older. She didn't really, she didn't know anybody. Um, right. but she was always involved in the community, always volunteered. Right. Um, she started the first children's theater in the town that I'm from. So that was really cool. Oh, no way. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, and, and I share um, the substitute teaching with your mom. I, I was a substitute teacher for a number of years. So I, I, uh, I have a great deal of respect for substitute teachers. <laughs> you you got to be a special type of person to be able to, to manage those different environments every day. But, um, but that's cool. What about siblings? Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have two older brothers. They're twins. Oh, yeah. um, one of them actually went to Cal Poly when I was there. And then the other one went to UCSB. They both live here on the Central Coast. So I see them often. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. And you guys have a good relationship? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I nice. love my brothers. Older brothers. Kind of kept me in line. They kept you in line. Nice. Awesome. They didn't pick on younger sister. They watched that. They looked out for you. They were good brothers. 50 I mean, huh? 50. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, I bet there was some of that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So, so you moved back, right? And and did you guys yeah. move back to Corcoran, or did you? No. So I moved. So I finished half of the eleventh grade on Friday, and my parents flew me back to flew me to L.A., where I started my senior year on Monday. Oh wow! And I did a totally new school. They sent me to this like crazy prep school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an amazing school. It was called Flint Ridge Prep. It's in La Cunada. And um, yeah, talk about a whirlwind there too. Like Oof, okay. senior year, totally new school. But I got to do like the whole senior, American senior uh-huh. year, you know? So uh-huh. that was so fun. I came at like the best time in high school for, right. for like the... I guess the American traditions and, you know, I got to go to a prom. I was going to say prom and homecoming and all that. Yeah. 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 That was fun. Awesome. So, so what about Cal Poly? Like what drew you to Cal Poly? How did you know about Cal Poly? Was it the farming connection or what, what was the connection? 
Yeah. So both of my parents went to Cal Poly oh, and my yeah. mom was a home economics major and my dad was an ag business major. Okay. Um, I thought I had remembered that, Whitney. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so then my brother went there Um, he moved there. He started, I want to say he started, I started in 98. He started in 96. Mm. <clears throat> and so when I came back from Australia and did my senior year, Um, I was kind of done with cha changing and moving. And I told my parents, I don't want, I don't want to go to college. I want to go back to Australia and just hang out with my friends. And they uh. said, no, you're American. You're going to college. <laughs> and so, no, and, ga no gap year for you, my dear. <laughs> no, 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 no gap year. So like, once you finish college, then you can carry on uh -huh. so right. and do whatever you want, you know? Right. And so um, I was very, very outgoing. I was very social. Um, and so my parents really were the force that, they introduced me to the recreation department because my dad, he was involved at Cal Poly for different things for agriculture. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so he, yeah, he's like, you know, Winnie, this major, I think you might be interested in. I said, and they said, you go for a year, you give it a try. And if you really don't like it, then, you know, we can have a plan B down okay. the road. Okay. Um, I did apply to a bunch of other colleges too, but Cal Poly was definitely the one that felt the most, comfortable after all the changes that I'd had. And so right. then, yeah, I applied for recreation uh -huh. and people thought I was crazy. Uh -huh. You know, it's like, well, you want to be a PE teacher? Like just of all the course. generic comments. Of, of um, course. Which we've all heard. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And then, and then you met Carolyn Shank and she got you in line, huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's so great. Yeah. 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 Oh. And Kindy was involved then. Yeah. It was, was awesome. And so once I got to Cal Poly, Um, you know, another transition for me, I was 18 years old and it was just, um, yeah, everybody in our major and all the people in the dorms that were in our major, I mean, they were just so fun and yeah. I'm still like good friends with all the girls that I met in, in the dorms that we all were reckies together. We all lived together. It was like, yeah. it was such, such an amazing experience. So yeah. I feel very lucky. Yeah, it's so special. And, you know, as we as we're we're coming out of, of the pandemic and and not having those in-person experiences where we can, you know, really continue yeah. to to build that family. I know we're all looking forward to to getting back and trying to foster that that sense of community that um mm -hmm. that I think is so important in everything that we do. You know, I mean, when you have that sense of community. Um, in a college environment. I mean, it's just so special. And um, I, that, that's what I, I think has kept me going through the years um, here at Cal Poly and, and, and with our major. And, and, you know, even as we've grown a little bit bigger, we still try to maintain that family feel. And um, uh, I think that's so important. And so it's so great to hear yeah. you talk about <laughs> it. Um, so when you think about Whitney, when you think about that, um, Uh, that that college experience is is there is there a moment or moments that that really stand out as being memorable that you could share with us? Yeah, I think I think one of my favorite experiences was the first um, fundraiser we did, and it was at the Avila Golf Course, and we had a golf tournament uh -huh. all day long, and then it ended with a dinner and an auction. And so you I was on the, the committee. 
nice. You were in the golf tournament years. Yes. No, that was I like was, a five-year period, right? I think that where we I, had a golf tournament. Well, it was my senior year. Yeah. And it was the first one that we did. And it was a huge success. And I just remember walking away just so pumped on like how much work we put into it and uh-huh. how successful it was and the good feeling. Of, like all the parents came in for the dinner. It was it was a great evening. It was a great day. I mean, like everybody right. played golf, even though you didn't know how to play golf. And um, right. yeah, it was it was fun. And and you just walked away feeling accomplished. And, you know, we all worked together and everybody had their different things that they were involved in. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, we raised a bunch of money, too. So that was great. That's awesome. And, and you know, a golf tournament is one of those things where you don't realize until you put it on how much work there is to putting on something Seriously. like that. Yeah. But you, I don't know if I've told you or not, but I've become a golf nut during the pandemic. So I am. Uh, well, that was the only thing you could do. I know <laughs> it was, it really was. And so I became a golf nut. So maybe we'll have to bring the golf tournament back. Uh, I know Kathy Daniels uh, plays uh, our admin coordinator uh-huh. and um, Dr. Kevin Lynn is now playing too. So uh, yeah, okay. that'll uh, maybe, maybe we could get it going. But, um, so I know, um, just from, from hearing about you, Whitney, I know how involved you were with professional development while you were in school. And, and obviously Cal Poly's learn by doing approach really promotes that. Um, were there, you know, besides the, the, the fundraiser, um, were there other things that you got involved with that you would recommend for, you know, current or prospective students that, that really stood out to help you to build those skills, um, did you have a part-time job or something like yeah. that that really helped? Yes. So, um, you know, I kind of never said, I, I never really said no to anything. So if somebody said, hey, you want to go do this? I'm like, sure. <laughs> hey, do you want to volunteer to this? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And like people would always call me like, hey, I have tickets to go see a concert up here. Do you want to go drive up and back? Like I was always very eager just to do stuff. And I never, um, I I just kind of was open to the hanging out and meeting as many people as possible yeah. um, during. So anytime like there were any like educational trips that we could go on with um, recreation, I always went like we went to Arizona, which was a really fun opportunity to go to one of those conferences. Yeah. Um, that was that was eye opening for me. Um, I also did work all through college. So I worked for a catering company. So all week long, I would like chop all the food. And then on the weekends, I would <laughs> coordinate a wedding or like put it all together, you know, like yeah, yeah. set it up, take it down. Like I, it's hard work. Yeah. It was really hard work. And so yeah. I think that taught me that I really didn't want to be in the catering business, you know, but I, I definitely, yeah. um, yeah, I was involved. I always did that. I worked for event staff. So I worked at, um, I did like the security for, for, uh, like football games. Oh, and, right, right, right. Which, which was really fun. I mean, it was so low key, you know, right, like nobody right. used to go to the football game. So it was very mellow. Right. Um, right. I hear you. I did that. I want to say, I just, I really just tried to give everything. Right. Uh, right now did did those experiences did that lead into your internship our 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 current students always like to hear uh your experience the guest experience in terms of um their internship how you got it what you did yeah that sort of thing 
Okay, so I kind of had like two things going, right? So yeah. the senior project that I did, I did it with Allie Rush, Karskaden, and we did oh. an exit serve. We we interned um, for the Vintners and Growers Association in Paso Robles, and we did their first exit survey for the for the uh, wine festival in May. Right. So we interviewed a bunch of people that were there. They never knew who was coming. This is all before technology. Now you have like software that does all this for you. Right. But like, so we we interviewed people like, where are you from? How old are you? <laughs> right. Like, how did you hear about? Like, it was just like the basic inform, like collecting of information of the people that were attending their event. Right. So um, we did that. So that was like senior project internship type of thing for that uh -huh. and then my official internship for that summer after graduating um well i guess before i grab after graduation uh, my parents for my gift gave me an around the world ticket to travel for one year no so way. the start of my internship was in london england and i lived there and i worked for an event company a event staffing company so i just went around to and did basically what I was doing in college and every like every other day I would be working at a different event at different locations throughout London. So wow, Whitney. <laughs> just like as serving staff, you know, it was like all labor. It wasn't like I was right, coordinating right. it. It was just right. going and seeing these venues and these different types of events. Right. And like you just set the bar high for real for every scene. <laughs> no, it, it was You're actually be like, oh my god, I want to do that. <laughs> no, no, it was really scary because I showed up uh -huh. and the job that I had thought I had fell through. So then uh -huh. I was going like on all the job boards, just trying to find a job that had something to do with like recreation, oh, right? Something that would qualify. My parents would have killed me if I like. So right. I just flew over there, but I met with all my like. I met with all my Australian high school friends that were living there. Oh, of course. I mean, it's all a convoluted story. But anyways, I went right. there knowing people, not of just course. by myself. Of course. Of course. That's awesome. And I love how how it comes back full circle. Your parents, you graduated and they're like, all right, now you can now go. Now you can go. Go and hang out with your Aussie buddies. That's awesome. Right, right. I, I love it. I love it. Well, let's get in um, a little bit, Whitney, in, into your career. Now, I know you've had... Yes. I know you've had a number of positions, but um, you know, uh, you're, you, the the main one that you've had for the the last thirteen years is with Hope Family Wines, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, so, so I think uh, why don't we why don't we talk predominantly about that? But um, but if you want to, you know, if you want to mix in, like how why don't we talk about how you got into the wine industry? You well, know, so you came back from from London and traveling the world. Like, where did that connection with wine with wine come in? Okay, so well, I did my senior project for the Vintners and Growers Association. Right, right, you said that. So then Sorry. they always said when I left and graduated, they said if you ever need a job, come let us know. And so after I was done traveling, I came back to San Luis because all my friends were graduating. I graduated in four years, and all my friends were graduating in five years. Right. They were on the, <laughs> even though we were all in the same major. It, anyways. Yeah. Well, you so, and I are similar generations, and I remember that very well. <laughs> okay. Okay. I took the five-year plan too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then, um, so I came back, and everyone was kind of finishing up school, and I didn't have anything to do. So of course, I called the vintners and growers, and I was like, "Hey guys, I'm back. Can I? Do you have anything for me?" And they are like, "Yes, we do." And so. I started um, in member services for them. So it wasn't really anything. It was just like office admin. Right. And then, but I was, 
I part of that was I had to go to all the board meetings and like take the minutes and kind of organize the meetings. And then from there, I met all the board members. And then um, Gary Eberly offered me a job um, as wine club member. And with the, as a wine club member, um, you do all the events, you know, and you do all the barbecues and the bocce ball tournaments and yep. um, the communications and the newsletters. And um, so, yeah, so then that was I was there for a while. And then I went and did oversaw Peachy Canyons marketing for a bit. Uh-huh. And then that's when the position um, came available at the Hope at the Hopes. So and they were kind of the GM there was my mentor. And oh, awesome. so when a position that was kind of the winery that I always wanted to work for. It was my first winery tour ever. You know, I just uh-huh. kind of had a soft spot in my heart. So as soon as there was uh-huh. an opening there, I and I'm still there. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So tell us, so tell us about Hope Family Wines and and um and and why you love it so much. Why should we uh why why do you love it so much? Um you know, I like it cuz I feel like I've grown with the winery. Um they also have a different perspective on the wine industry than a lot of local wineries. They have a very global look approach to things. Um they're not afraid to take chances. Austin Hope is a graduate of Cal Poly as well. <clears throat> and and we joke because we say that, we, you know, we run everything kind of like Cal Poly, like learn by doing. So we experiment. We're not afraid to try new things. We have had some amazing activations across the country that I've been involved in. Um, I love all the wine festivals, like going to Aspen Food and Wine, Austin Food and Wine, Nashville Food and Wine, like being able to create an event, a small event, right? But like uh-huh. some way to reach people and engage those people that love food and wine um, is what I what I do. And, you know, now, like as my job has evolved in these last few years, we don't have, I'm not in, involved in events, but um, I'm more on the back end where it's like storytelling and it's developing mm-hmm. brands and it's um, creating the messaging and we'll get back to those events. I'm sure eventually yeah, um, we're just not there right now. So, right. But yeah. Well, and like, like, like my job is different every day as, as I think a lot of people's are. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the company for a million different reasons. It's hard right. to, articulate, I guess. No, I, I think you articulated it really well. I mean, you know, when I think about for uh, 14 years with, with the same organization, I mean, you know, that's almost, that's, that's about what I've been with at Cal Poly. And one of the things that, that keeps it fresh is, uh, you know, for, for me, and I know you've been in that experience and having been a lecturer for the department before, but, um, but that connection with students and the connection. So I imagine like the connection with clients and with, um, with the people that, that come through, um, I imagine is, is a pretty amazing thing. And, and when I, I, I imagined um, before you started talking that there must be more of a global outreach type thing and, and there must be some travel involved. And um, because, you know, when you, when you tell, when you tell me about your story and um, there's travel in your story, I imagine, uh, I imagine that you, you like to travel and that going to places like Aspen and doing the wine festivals. Yeah. 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 the different cultures in America. It's so fun to go and see. And, and then of course, wine is, is the thing that brings us all together. 
while we're traveling. And and I love wine and I'm very passionate about it and, and the wine industry. And, um, you know, I feel very fortunate that, you know, I'm not selling photocopiers. I'm, right. you know, I'm selling wine. Like people, right. especially in the pandemic, people drink a lot. yeah they uh i've i've definitely heard a lot of anecdotes about uh wine consumption uh during the pandemic and uh i'm sure you're seeing um i'm sure you're seeing people returning in droves to the tasting cellar to the rooms and um and whatnot yeah so that's awesome so so let's talk a little bit about um you know this this transition that we've made to um to the experience industry. And, and mm-hmm. you know, our, you know, our story, you know, the fact that, that it was yeah. ultimately a, an umbrella term for us, but, um, but this, this, this element of experience design, um, has really resonated with, with people, um, around the world, you know, that co-creation of experiences and, um, from, from what you just said and the experiences that you talked about that you deal with, um, you know, uh, before the pandemic through events and whatnot, now during the pandemic through, um, through other means, um, can you can you reflect on that a little bit? That co-creation of experiences is that what you're doing? Is that um, do you yeah? Does that resonate with you as well? So I feel like when when the name change happened, it just was like a light bulb. It's like of course that's what it is, you know. And mm-hmm. and and when I was at school, I always talked to the professors like, can't we come up with something better? Like it's yeah. you know, like it doesn't really represent who we are. Yes, everyone recreates, but can't we think of and so mm-hmm. like the advisory board, when that was created, I just remember like, Oh, thank goodness, because there's so much value in the education and the experience that all the students leave with Mm -hmm. that is that no other major has. And it's the, it's the focus on people and the, and the emotions and, um, how we interact with one another and how we interact with a brand or how we interact, um, in the world in general, you know, so you can apply it to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we haven't done a lot of in-person stuff this last year, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like when we do open back up, like our roles will be so much more valuable and important mm-hmm. to make sure that people have the comfort and um, enter in a comfortable place because there is going to be, I feel like there's going to be a transition of, like what is comfortable and what do people enjoy? And mm-hmm. I think that's something that you guys can address, you know, directly with the students about like, how do you approach something like this? And if it does happen again, yeah, I don't know. Like I could go off on a tangent, but I just think that like, I just love the direction of the department. I love the advisory board and who's on there and how everyone works together and the positive energy and, um, knowing that there is so much value to the education and to what every student can go and contribute out in the industry and in, in, on a large scale, yeah, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, I get really excited about that. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I, I I've said, uh, people have heard me say many times, you know, whether it's a bank, a hospital, a winery, um, or, you know, the San Francisco giants, um, sorry, Dodgers fans. Um, it's, uh, you know, that, that, that co-creation of experiences is, Mm -hmm. is so real. And what you just said, I mean, about, um, the changing that we've, that we, the changes that we've seen in the last, um, 
18 months and, and, and moving forward and thinking about how we might do things differently um, and, and the education that's surrounding that. I mean, I think that's incumbent upon us um, to, to be able to prepare the students to, to realize that, hey, look at these changes that we just had that just came game before us, you've got to be ready for things. Right. And, um, you know, I, I hate to use that yeah. word pivot, but we've all learned that word pivot over the last like 18 months. Right. We've all, right. We've all been well, pivoting on this, like, uh, <laughs> I know, I know constant pivot. Constant okay. pivots, yeah. But I also think that like, like one thing that this did bring to, I that we weren't really, um, utilizing is, is the technology that you can still like me and you we are still communicating we can mm-hmm. see each other and mm-hmm. through zoom and through other platforms and i think that like those can be incorporated right like you'll all yeah. like that maybe that's something that you just always have a digital virtual experience in place i mean of course i prefer the in-person but yeah just i don't know yeah, you know, I think it's just going. It's going to. I think it's going to allow for a, a lot of flexibility. You know, moving mm-hmm. forward. I mean, we think about events, and 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 I think about your world um, of uh, of wine events. I mean, you can't you can't replace a wine festival uh, with Zoom. You know, I mean, that's just no. uh, like. Like we what? tried, and they're I, so awful. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and and I appreciated that people tried. I mean, you know, I did. I'm I'm sure you did a number of happy hours where people had their wine glasses, and and um and I'm sure that you virtual winemaker dinners. Yeah. Yes, were, I'm sure you were very successful with that. I'm sure you are, but yeah. you can't replace the the feeling of a table set outside in a vineyard you know with the yeah. with the wind blowing and the, and the winemaker standing there talking with the the backdrop of the of the grapes you just you, just, you can't replace that um in a virtual yeah. setting but you can um you can make it more accessible right you could you could have the in person while having the virtual so that maybe um, rather than just 25 people experiencing it, maybe, you know, 250 get to experience mm-hmm. it and then they want to be part of those 25 the next time. Right. You know, and so it's all these like um, all these moving parts that that I'm sure that that you guys have been thinking about a lot in terms of uh, how to do things. And I know people all around the world are, are, are trying to figure it out. You know, our business events. Um, our conferences, our festivals, are they all going to come back um, as strong as they were? And I think, I, the, and what, do you, what do you think the answer is? I don't want me to say it. I want, want you to say, what do you think the answer is? Yeah, I think, I personally think they will come back, but with maybe big, better than ever though, you know, like maybe having a different, um, I mean, people are, are, they need that social interaction. And I just went to a, well, I went to the John party concert in Apple this last weekend. Granted, I wasn't in like the crowd, but it was like crazy to see all these people. And it, they, I was like, is anyone concerned that there's a pandemic right now? Nobody nobody really cares. Didn't see too many people concerned in NFL stadiums this uh, week, uh, you know. Right, right. And so when you say, "Are they going to come back?" Yes, they're going to come back. And like, 
and tourism will come back. Yeah. I don't know if tourism really ever slowed down with like the hotel rates. All that is a totally different subject to talk about just right. how people are dying to get out and um, experience life, you know? Yeah. And I think people will appreciate it a little more. But yeah, I think there's there's opportunity to, to tweak things, tweak events in a way um, to, yeah, make them, make them better. I don't know if bigger is better, but you know, more Better. engaging, more yeah. impactful, more, yeah. um, just more, more consideration for, um, our need to be out and be social, I guess. Right. You know, I, I think about one of the things that I appreciate most about, um, people like, um, Dr. Um, doc, Dr. Lacanienta, um, who is big in experience design is that, um, the idea is looking at, at everything, like the, everything that we do, how could it be a better experience? Right. Mm -hmm. And he talks a lot about how, um, you know, each and every experience can't be this like meaningful, impactful experience. Some, some experiences mundane, right. But how can we make that mundane just a little bit better? Right. How can we make mm -hmm. that, um, impactful experience, life altering. How can we make that, you know, those sort that yeah. those, those tweaks, you know, and I I've talked to him a lot about like, you know, just our like normal meetings, like how can we make normal meetings better, you know, and, and, and we think about in the classroom, um, you know, standing in front of a PowerPoint and just delivering a PowerPoint like that, that to me, um, time. yeah, it just, it, it kind of drives me crazy. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. It's like, I agree. I, when I, when I sit in front of one now and someone delivers something like that to me, I just want to pull my hair out. Cause I'm like, what, why am I sitting here? Like, I don't, this is not uh, fulfilling in any way, shape or form. Right. And so I, I, it, and it's challenging me as a professor to do something different, to, to break out of those molds. And, and so um, I think it's exciting to, to think about how it can be, um, how that spirit can can reimagine the wine experience, and I know you guys have been doing that um, uh, quite a bit. And um, and I just I'm excited to see what you come up with in the future. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> what all of our listeners, right, who now might be interested in the wine industry, can know, come, no, can come and do with you. Right. Well, I mean, you know, we have we have a few different ways that we engage with consumers mm -hmm. um and you know our tasting room is like the obvious right and then it's like now we're looking at how do we engage with consumers just at at the grocery store store at the shelf level and how do mm -hmm. we communicate our messaging and how do we mm -hmm. um help them understand who we are like mm -hmm. um the wine institute just came down and interviewed our seller crew mm -hmm. and um to hear their story about, you know, we have a whole team of people that make wine and, and their stories don't always get told. And it's, mm -hmm. and like from the people that are crushing the wine, the winemakers that are blending it to, you know, the, for the people that for us that are like creating the labels and the images and the stories, it's, so it's like, how do we get that message to the consumer? Because they can't all come to our taste room. The experience at our taste room is amazing. Everyone should come by when you're on the okay. central coast. Absolutely. They should. So I've heard you say stories several times here. 
Um, is there any advice you would give to current students to enhance their abilities as storytellers? Is there, is there something that you would recommend? Um, uh, not, not being writing a verse. Is that one of that? That might be, that might be the, uh, <laughs> well, I don't were, know. You, were you a writer when you were in college? Did you like Absolutely writing? not? No. Oh my gosh. I hated writing. I you know, I saying. think, I think I was afraid of it. Um, I never thought of myself as a really strong student. Um, I was more of the hands-on, um, type of student. So I wasn't, I didn't, you know, get the best grades, but I was engaged and I wanted to learn, but I, yeah, projects scared me. I didn't like writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like how I've improved my writing since I do a lot of it now is just, I read a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, I, I mean, I'm the in the more same, I'm the same boat, Whitney. I was exact same. I, I hated writing and <laughs> now I like write for a living, you know? <laughs> And it really was just that, right? You've got to read more (laughs) to be a better, to be a good writer. You've got to read more. Well, and like, enjoy it and like, find out what you're, for me, it's yeah, just what you enjoy and and take the time to read. I don't think I ever allowed myself the quiet time to read. Like I was always so busy trying to go and do stuff and like Mm -hmm. live life and experience everything that Mm -hmm. um, now, I guess this last two years, it's like, I read a lot more and, um, and I write a lot more. But I write for work, not for, I don't journal or anything like that, but like I write, I write for work. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Whitney, for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. This has been just great. And, um, you know, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Part of, uh, Part of the incentive for me is getting to catch up with people who I, who I, uh, who I admire and, and, and love as, as people and as colleagues and as friends. And so, uh, uh, just thank you so much for taking the time. It was so great to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. This is fun. I appreciate you thinking of me because, um, yeah, I love Cal Poly. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Whitney. All right. See ya. Bye.